Come and see. This is the invitation to the skeptical Nathaniel by Philip. It is the invitation of the gospel to us this morning. Come and see. Come and see for yourselves the Messiah, the one whom Moses and the prophets foretold. Nathaniel, like the others, left whatever he was engaged in at that moment and went with his friend Philip to see for himself, to meet this Rabbi Jesus, this person who'd been going about preaching and gathering disciples, this person whom in a few verses before what we read was identified by John, the baptizer, as Jesus, the Son of God. Nathaniel proclaims, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus responds, telling Nathaniel, although his faith is because of this personal encounter, he will experience much greater things. There will be much ahead that cannot be foretold. The angels will ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. Prior to Nathaniel and Philip following Jesus, in the earlier verses, there was Andrew, who turned to get his brother Simon with the same invitation. Come and see. Come and see. What can all this mean? To borrow a phrase from a much later period in the history of our Christian faith, one could be bold and call these calls to the disciple the first great awakening. Now, of course, we all know that was way later. But in a way, it was right there, right then, with these first disciples who were invited to come and see and to become aware of who Jesus really was. So beginning with John the Baptist's recognition, this movement, this Jesus movement, as our presiding bishop likes to call it, started right then and there. And so where are we at this morning with this Jesus moment, this possibility of awakening? So the awakening of the disciples, when they accepted the invitation to come and see, became life-changing. Are you ready? Are you going to accept the invitation? Will it be life-changing? Come and see. Seeing is more than an act of looking at someone or something. Seeing can become an experience of the other that breaks open something in our consciousness, makes us more aware, more alive. It is the recognition that what is seen is a deeper reality. I mean, Jesus was a wandering preacher. How did they recognize him? How did they know? They saw deeply. When we see a golden sunset or sunrise, we often call someone's attention to what we're seeing. We desire to share the experience. Anybody can look up and see the sunset or just ignore it. But when you call someone's attention, when you say, come and see, you want to share an experience. Andrew 
and Philip wanted to share their experience with Simon and Nathaniel. One could use the wonderful phrase of John Wesley, of which I'm very fond. John Wesley says, their hearts were strangely warmed. Our hearts are strangely warmed when we encounter Christ, when we actually come and see and allow ourselves to share that experience. Isn't that why we're here this morning? I hope so. I hope you're here to come and see, to let something be broken open in you. Let something be changed. The church calls us to do this, particularly in Epiphany season, to encounter the Incarnate One, to Jesus, to be changed, to have those moments of sight and insight, and to invite others. Don't be selfish. Share that experience. Invite others. And this kind of experience is so interesting. It's so multifaceted. It's like a prison. Elizabeth O'Connor, in her book, Cry Pain, Cry Hope, tells about working in a woman's shelter in D.C. in her early days there. She observed a woman on her knees praying. She then heard another woman saying to the one at prayer, God don't hear your prayers. God don't hear your prayers. Elizabeth wrote that at that moment, there she was, seeing. At that moment, she realized that if she didn't hear the woman's prayer, God wouldn't hear the woman's prayer. She was the one called in that moment to respond to that person. She was there and she saw. That was part of her response to God and to this person. Remember the wonderful poetic words of Annie Dillard in Pilgrim at Tinker Creek? You could all raise your hands now. Uh, in the chapter titled, Seeing. You're going to know this right away. Some of you will recite it with me, I bet. Then one day I was walking along Tinker Creek, thinking of nothing at all, and I saw the tree with the lights in it. I saw the backyard cedar where the morning doves roost, charged and transfigured, each cell buzzing with flame. I stood on the grass with the lights in it, grass that was holy fire, utterly focused and utterly dreamed. It was less like seeing than like being for the first time seen, knocked breathless by a powerful glance. The flood of fire abated, but I am still spending the power. I had been my whole life a bell and never knew it until at that moment I was lifted and struck. She continues that the vision comes and goes, mostly goes, but she says, I live for it, for the moment when the mountains open and the new light roars in. Do you think it was like that for Nathaniel? He was his whole life, Nathaniel, until he encountered Jesus. 
It was like being lifted up and struck. <clears throat> Finding a new resource within his heart, a new light, a new fire. Remember Moses. The bush was burning, but not consumed. It was the light in the tree. Jesus, as we know in the Gospel of John, is often proclaimed as the light of the world. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. So this morning the invitation is to come and see, to cherish these moments when Christ is real, moments of grace, moments of insight and motivation. You won't always be on a high like Nathaniel encountering Jesus for the first time. But that grace will always be accessible to us. That experience of Christ and sharing that experience, hearing one another's prayers, wherever and whenever Christ comes into your life, I pray you will be knocked breathless and follow God's call. Amen.